Hi, this is Brad Zimmerman, and today we're reading Genesis chapter 47. Then Joseph went to see Pharaoh and told him, My father and my brothers have arrived from the land of Canaan. They have come with all their flocks and herds and possessions, and they are now in the region of Goshen. Joseph took five of his brothers with him and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked the brothers, What is your occupation? They replied, We, your servants, are shepherds, just like our ancestors. We have come to live here in Egypt for a while, for there is no pasture for our flocks in Canaan. The famine is very severe there, so please, we request permission to live in the region of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now that your father and brothers have joined you here, choose any place in the entire land of Egypt for them to live. Give them the best land of Egypt. Let them live in the region of Goshen. And if any of them have special skills, put them in charge of my livestock too. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and presented him to Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. How old are you? Pharaoh asked him. Jacob replied, I have traveled this earth for a hundred and thirty hard years, but my life is short compared to the lives of my ancestors. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh again before leaving his court. So Joseph assigned the best land of Egypt, the region of Ramses, to his father and his brothers, and he settled them there, just as Pharaoh had commanded him. And Joseph provided food for his father and his brothers in the amounts that were appropriate to the number of their dependents, including the smallest children. Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up, and the people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. By selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan, and he had put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone, they cried, but please give us food or we will die before your very eyes. Joseph replied, Since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. In exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys, Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended, and the next year they came again and said, We cannot hide the truth from you, my lord. Our money is gone, and all of our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so that we may live and not die, and so our land does not become empty and desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. All of the Egyptians sold them their fields because the famine was so severe, and soon all of the land belonged to Pharaoh. As for the people, he made them all slaves, from one end of Egypt to the other. The only land that he did not buy was the land that belonged to the priests. They received an allotted amount of food directly from Pharaoh so that they did not need to sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Look, Today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with the seeds so you can plant the fields. Then you will harvest it. One-fifth of the crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed for your fields and as food for you, your households, and your little ones. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please you, my lord, to let us be Pharaoh's servants. Joseph then issued a decree still in effect in the land of Egypt that Pharaoh should receive one-fifth of all the crops grown on his land. Only the land belonging to the priests was not given to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. There they acquired property, and they were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly.
Jacob lived for 17 years after his arrival in Egypt, so he lived 147 years in all. As the time of his death drew near, Jacob called for his son Joseph and said to him, Please do me this favor. Put your hand under my thigh and swear that you will treat me with unfailing love by honoring this last request. Do not bury me in Egypt. When I die, please take my body out of Egypt and bury me with my ancestors. So Joseph promised, I will do as you ask. Swear that you will do it, Jacob insisted. So Joseph gave his oath, and Jacob bowed humbly at the head of his bed. In this passage, a lot happens, but I want to talk specifically about what happened during the famine. When the famine hit, the people spent all of their money buying all of Pharaoh's food until all their money was gone. But the next year, they came back because they still needed food. So Joseph took all their livestock in exchange for more food. And when their livestock ran out, the people begged to give up their land and their bodies to get more food. So he bought all of their land for Pharaoh and in return gave them seed to plant and work the land as basically a sharecropper because he required them to pay back 20% of whatever they grew and they could keep the other 80% for themselves. Now, you could look at this as a master plan to consolidate power because Pharaoh now had all the money, all the livestock, and all the land. But the thing you don't hear about in this famine is the lives lost. Now, I'm sure there were some, but you don't hear how everyone starved. We see how in the end, Joseph was doing his best to protect the people and to help them live. And they were fed in the midst of all of it. And this wasn't just a few weeks or months. This was years that this famine was happening. The people had to trust that Joseph would take care of them. They had to put their trust in him even when it didn't make sense. I know that many of us today, Friday, March 26, are struggling, wondering if we can really trust that closing all these businesses, sheltering in place, limiting contact as much as possible is really worth it. Can we really trust that this is going to change anything? I can't tell you for sure what's going to happen at the end of this. I don't have a time machine, although it would be fun to own a DeLorean with those sweet gullwing doors. But since I don't have a time machine to look forward, the only thing we can do is look back. We can look back at how God has rescued us and taken care of us in the past. How putting our hope and trust in Him does not fail. It may not be the way we wanted or hoped, but God does not fail us. We can see this story as another moment where God protected us, even when it hurt, even when all seemed lost. I'm sure when they were in the midst of that famine for years, they felt like they were being abandoned. But God was protecting them. He was feeding them. He was showing up for them. And you can see where this happens throughout scripture. And I know when I look back at my own life, I can see time and time again where when I put my total trust in God, he showed up and took care of me. And I'm sure if you looked back at your own life, you would see the same thing. So why would we think that this moment in history is any different? We can look back and see how God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I think God is asking us to trust him. Now, it might not be easy, it might not be quick, but I know if we trust him, he will take care of us. And then the amazing thing is that years from now, we get to look back and we get to see how God was still good today, Friday, March 26, 2020. 
we can see how God is still good and how he's always been good. So will you trust that he's working right now, that he is still in control? And will you faithfully obey knowing that he will be there for you? I know it's not going to be easy, but I know it will be worth it. God, I give you all of my trust because there's nothing else worth trusting. And I know that I can look back at where you've shown up in my life and the people around me over and over and over again and showed how good you are and how much you care for us. So God, I ask for that today. I ask that you show up for me. I ask that you show up for everyone who's listening. And I ask that you show up and uh, take care of us no matter what the moment, whether we're in the middle of a viral uh, epidemic that's uh, crossing the globe or we're struggling in our family or we're dealing with other situations in work that just seem overwhelming, God, when we put our trust in you, we know that you're going to show up. So God, please do it. In your name we pray. Amen.